Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. Um, But we're going to go to the Word here for a little bit today and launch into a new series. You can grab your Bibles and notebooks. You can text OLC Notes to 94000 and get those onto your phone. And we're going to go to the Word here this morning. We're launching into a brand new series that we are calling God With Us. God With Us. It's the holiday season, and obviously this is a catchphrase around the holiday season, but I really, really feel that this is what God has for us in this season. As we enter into the holiday season with everything that happens, the good, the bad, the challenges, the mountaintop experiences, everything that takes place, we come into this place of remembering the most important thing, that God is with us. God is with us. In the middle of what we're walking through, every situation that we find ourselves in, he's with us. How many of you are just thankful that he's with you? He's with you. I tell you what, I can get through a whole lot of stuff if I know God's with me. I can can walk through a whole bunch of stuff if I remember the fact that the God of the impossible, the God of all authority and all power is with me. The God that is not limited by any circumstance that I find myself in, any situation, he's with me and he's compassionate and kind. So we're gonna be going through this here today. And, uh, and digging in. Um, we're pulling our key text out of this verse, and this is going to be the verse that we kind of go back to every week, and then I'll dig into the passage that we're going to be talking about today. Isaiah 7 says this, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Such a powerful, incredible statement for us to be able to remember as we go into this holiday season. Um, I want to pray, and then we're going to jump into who we're going to talk about today. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it's alive and active and that we can come into your presence and just receive from it. Lord, I thank you for what you're already doing in this place. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that's coming and moving on lives, and I pray that you would just continue to bring joy and strength and life to your people today. Lord, I pray that you would lift up down heads. You would lift off stressful burdens. Lord, that you would come and just do a work. And even as we, we dug, dig into your word now, Father, I pray that it would come alive and it would speak to us here in this place. We love you so much. Amen. To talk about God with us, we, we, we thought it'd be kind of a fun thing to do is to spend the next few weeks looking at a few different stories of people in the Bible who just fully exemplified this reality of God with us. Um, God with us is not just a thing that happened when Jesus was born, although that is one of the most important things that happened when Jesus came down to earth, but God's always been with his people. He's always walked with them. And you go all the way back to Genesis all the way through and you see the presence and the hand of the Lord in people's lives. And so this isn't just, a, oh, yay, Jesus is now a human form or, you know, God's a human form in Jesus and now we're, we're good. No, he's, he's always been there and he's always come close to his people. There's some really, really cool stories in the Bible that just show this fact. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some of these. Uh, Ellie's going to be sharing next week, which is going to be fantastic. Super excited to have her share and do another one of these stories But today, I want to talk about uh, Moses. I want to talk about Moses. We're going to go back to Exodus. 
Moses, and specifically, we're going to talk about his first encounter with God. Uh, if you look at Moses' life, Moses' life was marked as someone who had a continual, ongoing, close relationship with God. It's really cool to see even when the, the tent of meeting was established in the tabernacle, how, how Moses would go and it says that God would come down and Moses would get to talk to God face to face as a friend talks to a friend. Like, that's cool. He had this incredible relationship with God. I also love the story of Moses because Moses was far from perfect. And so we can relate with him so well, right? He disobeyed God. And yes, there were natural consequences of that disobedience, but he was still favored. He was still in relationship with God. It's an amazing reminder for us to go, you know what? Even in our lives, when we mess up, and when we fall short of the glory of God, which by the way, the Bible says that we will all do, so it shouldn't be a shock when we do that, that God always calls us back into relationship. Why? Because he cares about us. He loves us. And I love seeing this in Moses's life so clearly. A little bit of backstory, and then we're going to dig into the word. A little bit of the backstory. Moses, if you're unfamiliar with who he is, and maybe just to give a little bit of a refresher, he was a Hebrew. He was an Israelite. And he was born as the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. And at the specific time when he was born, Pharaoh was getting really concerned about the amount of Israelites that were there. And he was worried that the Israelites were actually so great in number that they would overthrow the Egyptian empire and be able to, to, to take over the whole thing. And so he issued a decree that every boy two years or younger were to be killed. Sounds kind of familiar to somebody else in scripture. But we see this happen. Moses was born at a time of genocide. And if we know the story, we know that his mom, who was an incredible lady of faith, took Moses and made a basket of reeds and tar and laid her baby in the basket and floated the baby out in order to save him. Now, we don't have the Nile River, but just think about for a second, if you were to take your baby, put him in a basket and just go down to the Boise River, and like, there you go. Like, that, that's a lot of faith that that lady had. Like, I, I, I can't save him, so God, you're going to have to save him. I can't do anything. Like, if they come, they're going to find him, they're going to kill him. So God, you've got to do something. Great faith that she had. So what happens? He floats down the river, and he finds himself in the bathing section of the palace, and the princess of Egypt pulls him out of the Nile and adopts him as her very own son. And he was raised in the palace as a prince. One of my favorite movies is The Prince of Egypt. It's not perfect, but it's so good. <laughs> I just love it. But it's so cool to see. Now the beautiful thing, and this is how God works in these situations, the princess adopted him, but who raised him? His mom as the nurse. Oh, now that's really cool. Moses grew up both in the palace, but also with a pretty incredible lady who continued to tell him about the true, one and only true God. He grew up in the palace and he became very educated with everything with Egyptian culture. He, he was taught, he had the highest education and all this, but at the same time, his nurse continued to tell him, but I know you're hearing all this, but there's one true God. There's one. and He loves you. You might not see it, they might not be telling you this in the palace, but there's one God and he's good 
and he's kind. So Moses got this and he, he had this growing up. When he grew up, there was one day when he went out and he saw that the, there was an Israelite slave that was getting beaten by one of the Egyptian taskmasters. And in a rage, Moses went and he actually killed the Egyptian taskmaster. Probably not his brightest moment, but he did it. Pharaoh found out and exiled him into the wilderness. He was sent into the wilderness to a place called Midian. And this is really interesting. I just thought that this was kind of fascinating. Moses, before God called him back to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, you know how long he was in the wilderness for? 40 years. How long were the Israelites in the wilderness for? 40 years. God uses seasons to prepare us for next seasons. If you find yourself in a wilderness right now, he's going to use that wilderness for the next season that he's going to lead you in. And the effectiveness that he's going to put in your life and the influence that he's going to put your life, he's using, if you find yourself in a wilderness season right now, he's using that to set you up for what he's going to have you do in the next season. Even down to details of length of time. I really actually believe that Moses, one of the reasons that he was able to continue to lead the Israelites is because he goes, yeah, I've been here before. I've walked this wilderness before. Yeah, it's, we're, we're 10 years in. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. I've been here for 40, right? But it's, it's that longevity that God builds into us in these wilderness seasons that prepares us to lead and help other people to be able to make it through the same wilderness. See, nothing's discounted, nothing's forgotten. Whatever's going on in your life, God's using every moment of it for his plans and his purposes. And that's what was happening with Moses. And now on the backside of the mountain, he was there and he had all of this knowledge and all of this history that he had been brought up under. He had all of this, this, this stuff that had been taught to him by Egyptians and then all of this stuff that had been said by his mom and all of these things that were there that led him to this moment where he was going to meet with God. Moses was at a place that I would definitely imagine he was trying to figure out what in the world am I even doing here? Do I have a purpose? Do I have a future? Is my life worth anything? Like what is all of this for? And it's in the middle of all of that that I would imagine that there would be doubt, second guessing, wondering what was going on, that God showed up to Moses' life at the perfect time for what he wanted to do. And that's where we pick up our story in Exodus 3. We're gonna, oh no, just kidding. <laughs> that's like, the, that's like the, the worst. If you open your Bibles to, uh, to uh, no, Exodus 3, verses 1 through 5, we're going to read it here. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horab, the mountain of God. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of the bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not being consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burning up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground, is holy ground. 
there was a shift that was taking place in Moses's life right now. Now, I, I want to talk just for a second about the, the state of mind that Moses would have been in here as he's coming into an encounter with a one true living God. Okay, remember, Moses, as he was brought up, was very, very familiar, and he knew the over 2,000 Egyptian gods that were present when he was in Egypt. 2,000 named gods. Now, that's just, that's just dumb, but... 2,000 named gods. He was very familiar with that because of his education, because of his upbringing. And, and, and here's the application as we unpack this story of Moses and meeting with God and the reality of God with him. You see, there was all kinds of, of gods and each one of these gods was, was for a specific purpose. And if you needed a specific thing, you would go to that specific God and there was a specific kind of sacrifice that you needed in order to be able to get the thing from that God. It was, it was a lot, it was a lot. And so Moses had all of this stuff going on in his mind because this is what he'd been brought un, up underneath. I recognize that for us, the application that we can pull out of this is we today also live in a world with a lot of different gods. There's, there's a lot of different gods that are out, that, that people are there. I'll give you some examples. In times of plenty, the world would say to look to the gods of pleasure. When you have surplus in your life, when there's a lot there, the world offers a bunch of stuff that can bring pleasure. In times of lack, the world would say to look at the gods of provision, the natural gods of provision. Well, if I do these things, this is what's going to bring the provision. Well, I just have to do all these things this way, or I have to have all of these things in place in order for there to be provision. In times of sadness, the world would say to look to gods of fleeting happiness. Oh, you're sad. Just, just find something to make you happy. There's lots of things that you can do to make you happy, but, but they don't last. They're empty. They're, they're, they're completely, they're, they're pointless. The world also says that in times of fear, we can look to the gods of artificial peace. The things that we think will bring us peace, but that really don't. But, but many, many times the world just says, hey, if you have these things in place, if you have X amount of money in your bank account, you will have peace and you'll have no fear of the future, which is a full out lie. But this is what the world says and the enemy working through it. In times of needed direction, the world would say to look to the gods of comparison. This is what I mean. I need direction for my life. I want my life to look like this, so what am I gonna do? I'm gonna look to every Instagram influencer. I'm gonna watch every YouTube video. I'm gonna buy all the web courses about how these people found success, and then I'm gonna find my success by comparing my life to theirs and aligning my life to theirs, and that is gonna bring the direction that I need in my life. These are the things that the world tries to sow in. In times of loneliness, the world would say, hey, you can look to the gods of conditional relationship. You're lonely. This person's willing to be your friend, but they're only going to be your friend until. Yeah, they'll have your back and they'll care for you, but the first time that you rub them wrong, they're gone. But this is what the world has to offer. Moses 
was brought up in the understanding that all of these gods did all of these various things. And we live in a world that promises a lot of stuff through how it wants to provide for it. But all of it comes up empty. Moses realized something that I think you and I both recognize in today's world too. He, he not only was familiar with all of these gods, but I think he also understood very, very clearly the fact that none of those gods actually did anything. And how many times do we realize that as well? That what the world op- offers for happiness, what the world offers for peace, what the world offers for relationship, what the world offers in times of lack, all of these things don't actually do the job. And Moses realized this. And you better believe that there was an emptiness in his heart over this. Like there's all these gods who are supposed to be able to take care of us and none of them are doing nothing. And there's an emptiness and there's a longing and there's a desire for something else. I believe that there might actually be some people in this room that have that same hole in their heart that you've been living in this life and you've been looking to stuff and you've been trying to find fulfillment. You've tried to find satisfaction. You've tried to find all of these things by the way that the world wants to present them, but you found that it just leaves you with a hole. I'm here to give you hope today that there is a God who is alive and is with you. Not an empty God not a fake God, not a God created by human hands, but a God who supersedes all of that. And this this whole series is about in the middle of this world that we face, in the middle of all the things that we're wrestling with, in the middle of trying to figure out where to find fulfillment and, and our sources for happiness and joy and all of these things, God wants to break through all of that to be able to get a hold of us in a fresh way, in a fresh way. Moses knew of the 2000 Egyptian gods, but Moses met the one true God who was with him. You can know a lot about people, things, situations, but it's a totally different thing to know that person. My prayer for you this holiday season as we spend time with this over the next few weeks is that you have a fresh encounter with the one true God. I, I don't, I'll tell you, I don't care if you're on a mountaintop right now, you need a fresh encounter with God. If you're in the middle of a valley, you need a fresh encounter with God. The reality is that every single one of us, we need continually a fresh revelation of God to come and bring truth to us, to bring light, to break off lies, to break off the darkness, to dispel every attack of the enemy and every plan of the enemy that would come through the world and what the world tries to offer. And God's coming and he's saying, listen, I wanna get your attention because I love you and I got something better for you. This season is an invitation, an invitation to position ourselves in a way to receive from God in a fresh way. Now, how do we do that? I want to set the tone for this series today by going through Moses and God's interaction in this moment. Because I pull out four keys here to what it actually means to receive the revelation of God with us. So this this is what I'm looking at here is the process of the revelation of God with us. 
And just basic basis on, on, on God's interaction with Moses and all of this kind of thing. Now, now, sometimes I recognize this, and this is so clearly seen this time of year, that there is all kinds of junk and things that just clog our minds and our hearts and make it so that it's really hard sometimes to be able to hear the voice of God and understand what he's doing in our lives. My hope today is through these four things is to give you some tools to be able to take in and put in your tool belt so that you can actually step into receiving what God's saying in your life, okay? And, and every time you think about this and just these tools that I'm gonna talk about, just, just remember Tim Allen and that'll help you just, and maybe even when you're in your prayer closet sometimes, just oh, 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 oh. Never mind, don't do that. Or you can. Okay, process here. The first thing, whenever we have a revelation of God with us, it doesn't start with us, it starts with him. The first step to this process is invitation. God reveals himself in order to get our attention and invite us into relationship. He initiates the invitation. It's not you, it's him. He's the initiator of all things. You look through scripture. I was thinking about this, and then I was thinking about Samuel. When God came to Samuel, and he initiated the communication with Samuel. It wasn't something Samuel did. God started it. There's an invitation that we have. Verse 2 of Exodus 3 says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the blazing fire from the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not being consumed. This was a moment when Moses was going about his everyday life, and there was something that made him go, what? It seems kind of funny, and, and it's kind of humorous, but, but this is the question that I want to present to you. What are the things that God is doing in our lives that make us go, what? Do you see the things that God is doing in your life to make you go, wait a second, wait, wait a second, what? These can be big things and these can be small things. Sometimes they're big, huge, massive moments of life where things happen and there's no way to get around them without going, wow, okay, God's here and God's doing this. But it's also small moments where maybe you're reading the Bible and you're opening it and you read a scripture that maybe you've read 500 times before. But this time when you read that scripture, you stop and go, wait, what? I've never seen that before. What is it? It's God inviting you closer to him. Maybe it's a conversation with a trusted voice. Somebody in your life who you, who you process life with and brings a, a word of encouragement and a word of counsel to your life and you just stop in the middle of the conversation and go, wait, 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 what did you just say? What, what did you say? It's God inviting us into these relationships. Now, here's the cool thing. This is what I absolutely love is that God is continually initiating invitation all the time, all the time. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Psalm 139, verse 17 and 18 says this, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. And then get this, they cannot be numbered. Okay, think about that for a second. For each of you, the thoughts that God has towards you 
can't be numbered. Wow. You gotta be kidding me. You know what that means? He's initiating invitation to you all the time. He's setting things up where he is continually saying, Jason, 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 Jason. Sometimes it's very, very, very calm and I respond well. You know, Jason, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Other times, Jason, get over here. Yes, 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 Lord. He's doing all these things. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. If you have been in a, and, and, and get this because this is real and this is life and I get it. You might be in a season today that is very quiet where it seems that God is very quiet in your life. I want to remind you today that this is Bible. When he says that his thoughts towards you cannot be numbered, guess what? His thoughts towards you can't be numbered. And even sometimes when we can't feel it, and even sometimes when we can't see it, I want to just speak into your spirit, into your life today. They're coming your way. His thoughts are coming your way. His, his attention and his love is directed towards you every second of the day. His heart is for you. And in a quiet moment and in a quiet season that we all walk through, because that's a part of life, I'm here to tell you today that God is not done speaking to you. He hasn't given up. He's inviting you in. Here's the next thing that happens then from what I see from Moses. There's a response. We must make a decision to turn aside and see what God is doing. See, God's inviting us all the time, but it's up to us to say, will we stop what we're doing and just focus for a second? Verse three. So Moses said, I must turn aside and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burning up. What did Moses do? He made a decision to direct his attention to what God was doing. There was an invitation, and when he got a glimpse of it, he had a choice. Do I just keep going? Going, well, that was weird. Or do I stop and go, wait a second, what is this? his curiosity peaked. I want you to process this today. Is your curiosity peaked for what God is doing? See, when your curiosity is peaked, it has your full attention. You go after it because you, you can't get away from it. The things that God is doing in your life, does it pique your curiosity to the point that there's no way for you to walk past it? but you have to turn and focus on what he's doing. My prayer for us is that we would be a people that our curiosity was continually piqued at what God is doing. And not just here in the United States. I tell you what, there is some really amazing stuff that God is doing around the world. And is our curiosity piqued at what he's doing? Or do we just go through life on automatic pilot, not even thinking about all of that, going, what am I gonna buy my kids for Christmas? 
Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, okay? So all the parents are like, we're, we're not supposed to buy parents prisons for our kids? No, 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 no. But do we go on automatic pilot or do we let our curiosity for what God is doing right now in this moment of the world be piqued and to grab our attention? I, I believe that this is a season and we are stepping into a season as a church where God's getting ready to pour out his spirit like never before. And I believe that because the book of Joel says that in the last days, how many of you believe that we're in the last days? Okay, and, and, and I can say that because we're closer to the end than we've ever been before, right? And, and now we're closer to the end than we've ever been before. And, and now we're closer to the end than we've ever been before. And I could keep doing this all day, uh, but I won't. But we are living in the last days. The book of Joel says that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Man, I really believe that. And when I look around the world and when I look at what God's up to, I see it. Is your curiosity peaked for what God is doing? So there's an invitation. There's a response. And then get this. This is, this is the cool thing. There's a response where Moses turns towards the Lord, which is what we are invited to do. But then this is what happens. There's a calling. When God sees our response, he speaks. When he sees our response, he speaks. Verse four, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him from the bush and said, Moses, Moses. I find it very interesting in the story that God didn't call Moses' name before Moses directed his attention. It took Moses directing his attention at what God was doing in order to be able to hear his voice. Okay, here's a thought for you. I'm just gonna submit this to you for your thought. There are times when we want to hear, you can put that next one up, Andy. There are times when we want to hear the voice of God and he is simply waiting until he has our full attention. There are times when he's just, he's like, I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm ready to talk. I'm ready. I've got so much that I want to share with you. And, and here's the thing that I'm doing that I want to grab your attention. Sometimes, sometimes God's word isn't able to touch our heart the way that it might in other times because we haven't given it our full attention. Sometimes the word is quiet. And I'm not saying all the time, right? Because I understand what I said before is very true. There's moments and there's seasons of silence when it seems like God's not speaking. And maybe we're in the word and we're praying and we're, we're, we're doing all the things and God still seems to be very silent. That's different because God is doing something in you in the middle of the silence. But there are times when we want to hear the voice of God, but yet we haven't given our attention to his word. The challenge for us is to be able to actually come back and focus on these things. Now, now get this. The, the spectacular phenomenon, phenomenon, that's a new word. The spectacular phenomenon of the burning bush was only effective when God spoke through it. Before that, it was just a really cool, weird, out-of-the-box thing that was taking place, but it had no power until God's voice came through it. 
For us to be able to see what God's doing and receive what he's doing in our life, we have to see the thing that's taking place that he's doing to invite us, but then we also have to come to a point of being able to quiet that to hear what he's actually saying. It's a two-step process. Because if all we look at is the miracle or the sign or the wonder or the thing that he's doing, and we forget to go back to him and actually listen for his words of life to speak to us, we miss the whole point. See, God does things in our lives, but then he's saying, okay, now I'm ready to share something with you. Are you ready to hear it? I say all of this, and I put this up here, not as a condemnation, not to tear anybody down, but I've recognized, and as I was prepping this message, I've recognized times in my life when that has been true in my life. When I've wanted so badly to hear the voice of God. And when I finally do, I realize that the reason I didn't is because I was so distracted by all these other things. And when I could finally get to the point of saying, okay, God, I've got all of this stuff, which by the way, what I end up doing is praying about all the stuff, which is not a bad idea to do. God, I've got all these burdens. I've got all these cares. I've got this church that you've, you've, I don't know why, but you put us in charge of. And I don't know what to do. And I don't know how we're supposed to move forward. And God, you've got to help me. And there's this financial stress and there's this things with our family and our kids. And God, there's all of these things. And and Lord, I'm just, my mind is wrapped up in all of these things. And Father, here I am. And I'm, I'm just laying it at your feet again and just asking you to take these burdens and these distractions And then he does. And then I can hear his voice. If you've got a lot of burdens you're carrying, if you've got a lot of things that you're just, that are weighing you down, (laughs) pray about it. Pray about it. Bring those to the Lord. Lay those things down before him. Let him pick them up. Let him do it. He said he would anyway. So why not just let him? It's a novel thought. But one I think that can really help us. So after there was an invitation, there was a response, there was the calling, and then there was communication. Moses responded with, here I am. This is the most powerful, powerful response that there is. If you look in the Bible, this, this phrase right here, here I am, you could just do a study on that in the Bible. Finding that phrase in the Bible is incredible. The people that have responded with that kind of a response when the Lord's called and what that unlocks is something amazing. Verse four again, when the Lord saw that you turned aside, he called from the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am, here I am. My prayer is that we would be a people at One Life that when God would come, invite us where we respond, he calls us, and then we would communicate with, here I am, God, what, what, whatever you want to do, what, whatever you want me to be, however you want me to walk through this season. This might be the darkest season of my life, but here I am, here I am, here I am. Would you just come? Would you come into this place? couple questions just to put in your, your hopper for thinking through. These are questions that I think really help us to be able to grab a hold of what God's doing in our lives. How is God revealing himself now? How is God revealing himself? 
We have to, we have to be people who know and learn how to be able to see what God is doing. We have to be able to train our spirits to be attentive to what God's doing so that we can respond. Like, I, I tell you what, our minds naturally work in the, in the natural and in the flesh really, really well. Like that's just, that is the default. But for us, we have to come back and say, but, but what is God doing? Am I aware of what he's doing? And then once I become aware of what he's doing, I ask the question, am I responding to it? Am I actually making a decision to respond to what he's doing in my life? Now, this progression, invitation, response, calling, and communication. This is a a pattern, and again, tools in your tool belt to take to your relationship with God. And as you step into this week and as you step into this holiday season, to be able to come and look for have a mind and an eye that looks for the things that God is doing and responds when we hear his voice. Now, here's the, here's the really cool thing that I love about this is that after there was this interaction, after these things took place, then you know what? Oh man, God gave the greatest promise ever. Verse 10 and 11. And now come, this is God speaking, and I will send you to the Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, assuredly, back to the series, I will be with you. <laughs> Moses went from not even knowing if there was a real living God to now experiencing the one true God who says, hey, by the way, I'm gonna be with you. I'm real, I care about your situation, and I'm gonna stay with you. Beyond anything that God can do, God's promise is his presence with us. Statement for us, just that wraps this whole thing up. God is with us and is inviting us to know him better and respond to his words. That's the whole point of this series. If I could put everything in one synopsis of the goal and the heart for this entire series is the reality that God is with us in our lives. His desire is for us to know him better and to come into a closer relationship with him. And then when he says, hey, Jason, now now here's what I want you to do. I say, yes, sir, I'm in. I'm in. What do you want me to do? I'm ready. This season, I'm believing that God is going to do something great in your life. I'm really believing and I'm praying. I'm praying that through this series and through walking this season that you have a greater understanding and revelation of God in your life. That his love overwhelms your life like never before. That you hear his voice how, how many in this place would just like to hear the voice of God? Yeah, yeah. This is one of the things I, I recognize too that there's people that would say, I don't know if I've actually ever heard the voice of God. I'm gonna be believing that you're gonna hear his voice. Maybe for the first time. Maybe you've never heard his voice before and you're gonna become familiar with it through this season. God with us, God with us, not far off, but right here, right now.
with us.